So if I'm reading this correctly, Miami of Ohio is leading the Sooners in softball right now, 3-1? 3-2. They just scored. 3-2. They just scored. They had a chance. They had runners at second and third with nobody out. Sooners only got one run, so they're down 3-2 through four innings. Okay. Uh, The scene, by the way, earlier today looked awesome as they open up the new Love's Field. Uh, I do want to play a little bit of the audio from some of the comments uh, earlier today. We'll get to Patty Gasso and some of the other dignitaries that were that were speaking today uh, in front of the new um, stadium for Oklahoma, the $45 million softball complex. So we'll do that coming up uh, here in just a bit. There was a few other college football-related items that I wanted to get to before we play some of that audio. We've got the doc coming up in the next segment, Dr. Chris Crane, and then uh, also as well uh, we've got – Dusty Dvorak that's going to join us in the 4 o'clock hour. So we've got to make this segment just a wee bit shorter than normal. Um, Any other fallout that you've noticed from the story that came down last night, Colby, about the Big Ten and the SEC essentially making sure that they are protecting their championship game by getting the number one and number two seed in the 14-team college football playoff that hasn't been even agreed to yet. Have you seen any other fallout or changed any stance from what we said yesterday? I, I think yesterday, seeing some of the the response to the SEC and Big Ten potentially getting those those two buy spots, it, it was kind of surprising to see people say like, "Why would the Big Twelve and ACC agree to that?" and I, you know, I think if you don't understand that, then you know I guess you uh, aren't aware of what's been happening in college football over the last few years. Yeah, at all. Right. I mean, no, have you, you watched any of the realignment stuff that has taken place? I mean, for the same reason that you know OU and Texas left the Big Twelve to go to the SEC, they exactly. are in a much better place, and they they have the power. Mm-hmm. To, to call the shots and and you have to just I think make the best of whatever situation ultimately includes your survival in the highest form of college football right and and I, as I said on whatever day that was when we heard the news Wednesday like for the big 12 to get two automatic qualifiers that's that's huge yes that is that is so big. I, I would have never, in a million years, in the early stages of this, imagined that that, that would have been the case. So if, they, if, if it does go that way and they ultimately end up with two automatic qualifier spots, I mean, I, I, I think you are over the moon as a member of the Big 12. A couple of other things, and I'm sure we'll bring up a lot of this with Dusty today, but uh, NCAA and their president, Charlie Baker, sent out a letter today to the member schools saying that the NCAA is going to pause and not open new investigations involving third parties slash collectives for NIL-related activities. Yeah, because you can't. That's already been proven in a court of law that there's not anything that you can do about it. So there's the official word there from Charlie Baker. Uh, One item that we did get an update on today is uh, finally... College football is stepping out of the Bronze Age, and they're going to put the helmet 
communications and comm system inside of the helmet so we can do away with the three guys in a row wearing the neon-colored shirts and neon-colored hats and also backup quarterbacks with the fuchsia hats on on the sidelines signaling in plays, and this will go directly from coach to quarterback in the helmet and then on the defensive side as well, on whoever they elect, the comm system will shut down with 15 seconds left remaining on the play clock. And uh, college football will finally come around to something that the NFL has been doing since the 90s, for crying out loud. It's about time, and also the use of tablets on the sideline and at halftime, plus a two-minute warning. And then everyone freaked out. Oh, my God, they're just doing this for more commercial inventory. Well, broadcasters aren't getting an extra timeout with the introduction of this two-minute warning in college football. They will hold a second and also a fourth quarter break for the two-minute warning and will avoid having back-to-back timeouts late in the half. So they're just going to hold off on the timing of some of the breaks to comply with the two-minute warning in college football. I don't, I don't mind it. I think, it's, I think it's probably the right step in the direction for the constant involvement of college football to finally get with, I don't know, something that's been ingrained in us for a very long time, especially if you're just a football fan in general on all fronts. College football is so funny to me how they will just drag their feet on certain things. And then finally, when they cross that threshold, it's like they go into warp speed and and then like just progress such a long distance in in such a short amount of time. It's wild that they haven't been doing this the whole time. I know. I don't get it. I, I don't get it at all. They tried it out. Here's the funny thing, too, like all these comments from players and coaches. Inside a Ross Ellinger story, they went to Texas Tech equipment manager, and his name is uh, Cayman Ansel, asking about the comms that they used in the helmet in the bowl game. And he was like, yeah, the players loved it. The quarterback loved it. He didn't have to look over the sidelines. He can actually keep his eyes on the field while he's getting the play call in. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. Should have happened a long time ago. And then the other thing, too, that's hilarious is, to your point about changing everything at once, People freak out over the dumbest stuff, right? I saw someone that was angry that they were going to put comms in the helmets. It was like complaining to one of the national writers. I'm like, what? how does this have any impact on you? Why this would has, anyone be upset about this that? This has Seriously. no impact on you whatsoever. It's like it's taken away one of the time-honored traditions of, of oh. signaling and calls from the sidelines. That's the Mister. It, the it's the way it's always been. Yeah. How about how about you just turn off your TV and not watch anything? D- don't watch football then. If you're going to be so upset about the comm system being included in the helmet, then quite frankly, there's no help for you. I, I, I and I honestly feel that way. No help for you whatsoever. Uh, all right. As I said, we've got to uh, hit a timeout here in just a minute so we can squeeze in the doc, Dr. Chris Crane, before Dusty Dvorak uh, joins us. We'll talk with Dusty much more about the college football landscape. I did want, want to play uh, a clip here as they opened up Love's Field today and had a uh, ceremony there where a lot of people spoke. Here is Patty Gasso from the podium earlier this morning before the OU softball game. Thank you all, Love Family, for taking a leap of faith. Thank you all who donated to this project. We could not have done it without you. Thanks to all the hands that have created this day, from our great administration, 
workers, the creators with the vision. Um, this is the final piece to complete the OU softball program. This is it right here. And everyone is going to follow the lead. Our team is honored to represent over 300 alumni, some that are here today on this field. We will give our best to make all of you, all of you proud and the Love family proud. Patty got pretty emotional, dude, and uh, was talking about what a, what a monumental moment this was just for women's sports, not just in this state, but in general. And when you think about it, how this stadium, Josie was talking about how this stadium will go down and kind of be the blueprint for anyone that wants to renovate facilities or upgrade theirs. Everyone will look to what happened at Love's Field as kind of the, the primer for how things should be. And the explosion of women's sports and as a, you know, a girl dad now, pay more attention to that stuff than ever before about just opportunity. It, it is cool to see that uh, it is this program that's kind of leading the way off of their success. By the way, breaking news, bottom of the fifth, we have a home run from Alyssa Brito making this a 3-3 ball game. Here they come. They're inevitable. They are inevitable. The sun comes up each and every single day, and the Sooners program just keeps <laughs> finding a way to claw back all right it's 341 we'll take a time out we'll come back dr chris crane will join us next then dusty dvorak in the four o'clock hour straight up at four o'clock here on the blitz 1170 we're streaming live on the blitz 1170 app and today is the day where we make the transition not from the tulsa oilers hockey studios but from the tulsa oilers football studios as we get set for indoor football here in the city of Tulsa. We've got some Oilers hockey chat for you coming up after John Holcomb in the 5 o'clock hour where uh, we'll be joined by the uh, play-by-play voice of the Tulsa Oilers. Uh, Zach's going to join us at around 5.30 or so here on the Blitz 11.70 to talk about the big weekend coming up for the Tulsa Oilers. So Zach Reynolds will join us here around 5.30. Time out. We'll come back. Dr. Chris Crane from Tulsa Bone & Joint next.